No alligators were harmed in the recording of this podcast. Good evening and welcome to episode 102 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, the two regular hosts. First of all, it's Welch. I was thinking about this. On MTG Cast, they basically host anyone. So if there's a podcast that no one ever listens to because it's terrible, it's us. Uh, and it just, like, runs. Does it run on MTG Cast forever? Or does MTG Cast just be like, you know what, you guys? Get out. Don't know. Hopefully we never find out. Uh, there's, there's like infinite casts. I wouldn't go that far, but there's quite a few. Also, where there's Travis. Yo. Boo. I'm sorry, I don't have a brilliant observation about NTG cast last year. You know what? Just for that, uh, this podcast is brought to you by these vegan, gluten free, cholesterol free, non artificial flavors, kosher diet, kosher dairy, non GMO chips, Travis. Now, those cause, cause impotence, Well, And how would you tell? Oh, this is true. Well, c- do they actually taste good? Uh, the ones that are very salty, too. <laughs> so basically, you're just eating polystyrene with salt on it. Um, with chili. Okay, I think I'll pass. Mo- mostly it's the... I, I don't like eating chili. I, like, I know there's some people that eat chili just with, like, a spoon... Or I just like eat chili like that, but like I don't know, chili needs to go on something like a chip or bread or anything that has. You no, know, you just eat a great big bowl of chili. See, I don't get that. I like I can't eat a bowl of chili. I'm like I need this is unhealthy enough. I need like potato chips to make this worse. So today we're going to go through the spoilers. What we have of them, we've got about half the set. I think is that fair to say? Uh, I'd go with more than that. Uh, I mean, we have all mythics. Just under half the set. Okay, well, you're missing a bunch of comments that no one cares about. So, we promise that if somehow on Friday morning when the entire set is revealed that there's a card that happens to be good, uh, Lance Dell will record himself and then record Travis and I giving commentary on it in his using his voice and then edit it into the cast. Because Travis and I are as lazy as can be. Yes, I agree. So let's have a look here. Let's, let's start with Will. What's your first card there, William? With me. I'm going to start off with Haven of the Spirit Dragon. Good call. It's, I mean, so... Obviously they're pushing dragons in this set, right? Uh, what? Surprise. Even though they're... The hell you say? Surprised I've heard of it even though there's no common dragons, which is disappointing. And so if you look at, and but more importantly, they're pushing Ugin. And Ugin happens to be in a lot of decks. Actually, come to think of it, I like it's for, except for maybe the, the blue, white, red, uh, the Jeskai Ascendancy decks, I think every deck either has a dragon or a Planeswalker in it. Yeah. Whether it's Stormbreath Dragon, Ugin, well, Planeswalker, sorry. It has Ugin in it, uh, Stormbreath Dragon, Silumgar, or some other thing. And being able to, in a world with, like, Thoughtseize and Heroes Downfall and a lot of attrition uh, games, being able to buy back those cards 
is really huge. For sure. Especially Ugin, right? Right. So it's just, it's a card that does something that's unique. But, and that fits into a decent amount of decks. Now, I mean, obviously, if you have, say, uh, the Sultai decks or the Abzan decks, probably won't run it because their mana bases are decently bad and running a colorless land is really not there. But if you look at something like a blue-black control deck, right, being able to rebuy Ugin is, you know, fantastic for them. <coughs> and we'll definitely go in uh, to that. Uh, I could even see it going into, as I said, like, a rebuy Stormbreath Dragon. So, in a red-green deck, or the... I haven't played, obviously, red-green, and I haven't played uh, red-white Forest. But, I mean, this is a card that could honestly fit into that deck where, you know, Stormbreath Dragon is a huge problem. And being able to, like, oh, you actually managed to get rid of my Stormbreath Dragon. I'm just going to bring it back and then uh, dome you for four again. It's is, is very relevant. Not to mention, you could play this in blue-black control to allow you to splash a... a, a a Colligan or a Dromoka or an Ojitai, right? You know, it gives you flexibility. It, well, and it's really, again, like, the games go, they go on long. There are board stalls that develop out of this. So, being, it comes up that, you know, games aren't over in kind of like four minutes or four turns or five turns. There is going to be the opportunity that you are going to have a dragon at some point in your yard. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to buy this back. Or an Ugin that gets you it back. So normally if your top deck, like your top deck war with your opponent, top deck land, not so great. Top deck this, it produces mana. So, you know, in the early game or whatnot, it doesn't completely screw you over, maybe color-wise, but it still produces mana. And then late game, it's just top deck it. Oh, like, sack, bring back an Ugin. Oh, bring back Stormbath Dragon. And now I have relevant threats. I also think, you, you mentioned that uh, Abzan might not want this. I don't know. I think Abzan might be able to change itself slightly and run like like Dragon Abzan might be a thing. There's enough good dragons in those colors. Well, so that's the other thing going forward, right? Like I'm strictly only thinking of the decks that exist kind of pre-Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah. But now you're just adding a bunch of dragons in, and dragons that are you know certainly playable. Certain certain ones of them. I mean, you're, you're playing Karyatid in that deck anyway, probably, or Corsa, or something that will enable you to find lands. Fetches enable you to find off-colors. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, man, that there could be something here. What do you think, Travis? I'm really not impressed by the dragons in this set. There's I mean, nothing that no. screams out, play me. Right. Uh, just like, uh, if, I'm ramping up to, if I'm ramping up to seven mana, I'd rather play, you know, start looking at playing Ugin and Garuk. Um, what is it, Group Predator? Apex Predator, yeah. Apex Predator. Well, so, so that's it. You play those and these dragons. Is even though the dragons are maybe, say, a little underwhelming in certain sense, I, I still think that, um, was it Thunderbreak Regent will will see play? And I agree potentially, with that. Potentially Icefall Regent can also yeah. uh, see play. I think Ojikai uh, might be the best of the mythics. Yeah, I can, I can agree um, with that. Like, it's certainly... I mean, it's going to depend on how the format shapes up. Because if we do get a control-heavy format, Dromica... Yeah, Dromica's silly. But we'll get to him later. <laughs> I mean, obviously, kind of like the big thing that Haven does, however, is it buys back Ugin. Yeah. And pretty much every deck wants Ugin. Yes. 
And eight mana is a lot of mana, so it's not like, you know, the cost, uh, the opportunity cost of playing Haven is so high that it can screw you over in some way. If your deck's playing Ugin, your deck's going lock. Yeah. Yeah. Would there be a dominant um, aggro speed deck to counteract the fact that everybody's trying to go long? Or the is the tool just not there now? I think the tools are certainly there. Uh, you know, Red got a decent amount of tools, but there will certainly... I mean, there will certainly be there. Obviously, the problem is between... for Is it better to play kind of like mono-red versus the the Boros red decks, right? They give you Chain to the Rocks and other such cards. That's yeah, possible. Because there's a good uh, Agro Madu deck around as well right now that is uh, is potentially scary. There's so like I think Red got cards that are very good as red mana mana stinks, less so in kind of other aggro decks. Yeah, Travis, what's your first card? My first card is a card that was spoiled today. Dromoka's uh, command. How do you, what is it? Dromoka, Dromoka, Jamoka. Yeah, <laughs> Jamoka's command. I think that card's pretty good. I believe so too. I believe, especially in the current environment where we're still super heavy on enchantments, um, it seems like every deck is playing at least one enchantment. Um, the ability to possibly nuke an enchantment and then have your best creature fight one of theirs so you can get the two for one <coughs> instant speed for two mana is going to be really powerful. In mean, worst case, you off an enchantment and then you pump one of your dudes permanently. But also being able to counter a. Um, Anger of the Gods if, uh, to keep Protector guys or um, Stoke the Flames uh, is huge. Worst case, and just a lot of blowout potential with this card. Worst case, this card is um, a hunt the week for half the cost at instant speed. Right. I think it's also going to be modern playable. Mm, I like the other one better for modern. See, I don't understand anything about this card. Like when you're so when you're looking at spoilers, right? If you're reading it on the mothership, you see basically the name and the casting cost first. Yeah, and the casting cost on this. So I saw the casting cost on this card, which is green and white mana. And right away I go, okay, these are going to be you know marginal effects that are fine, probably not great. And then I saw the card, and I still don't understand how that that casting cost is justifiable. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense to me that this is a justifiable <laughs> casting cost. I mean, look, the, the first ability, prevent all damage, target instant or sorcery spell would deal this turn. That can be huge. Like I said, preventing an anger of the gods um, in standard or in modern, preventing a stoke of flames or a lightning bolt in modern. Um, the, other, the other thing with this card, right, is that in green-white, you have a bunch of stuff that's, you know, less expensive. You know, so Fleece Man Lion comes down on turn two, for as an example, so this is a kind of card that you can still be when you start getting to four and five mana in the green white decks. You don't really have, yeah, I mean, you have Whisperwood Elemental, but there's a bunch of the casting costs so they are two and three mana. So at, when you get to like five lands, you just play a relevant threat to the board and also hold this up. Yep, it's awesome. No, I, th- I don't. If you take any two of these and put them on a card you would feel bad paying more than two mana for it. 
Although Hunt the Week, I mean, it's never been constructed playable, but at two mana it would be, but you probably wouldn't play it at three. The fact that you have the flexibility to choose any of the two is what makes this card so good. It's like the sum of all its parts, right? Right. Yeah. It's like this cast. Individually, we're not so great, well, except me. But together, we're awesome. I think that that's like the opposite. Individually, we're awesome, except for Chris and Travis, and together, we're all terrible. That's not true. I'm just always awesome. Okay, never mind my point. You can keep going. You had a point? Did you know you had a point, Travis? Nope. I mean, except the one on the top of his head. All right, so my first card, I guess. Well, since nobody said it, I'm taking it. We're going Thunderbreak region, boys. This card is insane. This card is good. I'll give you that. Tell me, what would you pick for... gets the best dragon in the set. It's a 4-4 flyer for 4. Remember when that would have been broken? Yep. Uh, yeah, Lightning Dragon was pretty badass. And that Didn't that bounce to your hand? No, that was Archwing Dragon. Lightning Dragon had Echo. Oh, that's what it was. Right. Um, and that was, like, Lightning... To give me an idea, I mean, Urza's Daiga came out, what, close to, let's say, 15 years ago? Something like that. And, like, Lightning Dragon was... A good card. It was pretty good. I remember... So, being 15 years from now, we'll be getting 4-4 flyers for two? Probably. Someone up today, actually, at Modern said that uh, we would never see a 2-2 creature for one that wasn't legendary. I'm still laughing. But Thunderbreak Regent... So, it's a 4-4 flyer for four, and it it just basically assures that your dragons are always getting value. So, this kind of heard of Vampire Lacerator. Sorry to interrupt. Well, it has a downside, right? But Anyway... Thunderbreak Regent is going to see a ton of play. It's awesome in Mono Red Devotion, which I'm already working on and have been enjoying greatly. It has that amazing keyword flying. I really, really like this card. It's going to see a lot of play. Well, also, it fits in at a casting cost that's kind of desirable. Like, yeah. at, at four mana, you currently have, in the Red Axe, you have Stoke the Flame and you have Outpost Siege. And you have um, Ashbad Phoenix. But that's getting lost play now. Yeah, sadly. So when you look at basically, like, Stoke the Flames, you don't want really want to be, like, turn four, four mana, Stoke the Flames, you, right? It's not it's not a great play, I mean, unless you want to, like, get through, you know, of course, get through uh, damage. And then just playing Outpost Siege is very kind of anticlimactic, because you just play Outpost Siege, and then just pass the turn, which has an aggro red deck you really don't want to do. Right. Whereas instead, if you can play this, like, if you play Outpost Siege, I'm like, okay, you know, you're getting extra card a turn. It's not great, but, you know, you can certainly manage it. But if you're like, oh, I have a 4-4 flyer that, by the way, even if you do get rid of, you still take damage, uh, that's, a, that's a little lot problematic. Yeah, basically, even if they, like, if you go turn 3 helping outburst, turn 4 this, even if they stoke it, you could probably stoke them back. And you take, and they take three anyway. And also, just pointing out, this doesn't just protect itself. Any dragon that's targeted by a spell or ability, and you're you're dinging them for three. I mean, I d it's not insane, and I'm glad it's not a mythic. Ch uh, chaining this into the uh, Stormbreath dragon would be really nice. Yeah, you play Stormbreath after this, and Stormbreath's hard enough to kill, for, except for black decks. Which is true. Yeah, I, I love this card. I, I'm all about it. Can't wait to see it in person. Hopefully it looks sweet and foil. <laughs> uh, such a Lansdale. <laughs> There's only one of me, man. 
Oh, shut my stuff. All right, well, you're up. On a brief side note, remember how we talked about mythics that shouldn't be mythic? Yeah. Who's an executioner? I'm looking at you. That's my next card, you bitch. Better believe it. Okay. Uh, in that case, my next card is... Risk and execution. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sidisi. Oh. Undead Vizier. Yeah. Very good one. Is she a zombie, by the way? Uh, she's a Naga zombie. Oh, baby. She is Ooh. dead. So, for the people at home... Luck that was not Chris. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Calm down there, buddy. So for the people who don't know at home, she's a 4-6 for uh, 3 black black. Has death touch. Not fantastic, but, you know, it gets slightly better. Uh, so exploit, which, by the way, there are not enough creatures in the set yet that have exploit. It's kind of worrisome. There's actually only two that have been spoiled. Well, two cards with exploit. Uh, so when CDC undead Vizier exploits a creature, which, by the way, exploits a creature is fantastic lines of text. Isn't it just... You may search your library for a card, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. So basically... Right, you mean creature card, right? Um, it, it could be a creature card. It could also be any card. Wait, it doesn't just say creature card? No. So what you're saying is that this card is actually just dumb. Yeah, so <laughs> worst, worst, worst case scenario, you're paying five mana to sacrifice itself to go and search your deck for any card. You know, best case scenario, or any case scenario, you're getting rid of something that's terrible and you don't want. Uh, that's so if Travis is playing it, because you and I don't put terrible cards in our decks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, like, I, I guess the easiest comparison, if you will, would be to um, Diabolic Tutor, which was to Black Black, search your library for any card, put it in your hand. So for one more mana... Which is, you know, the difference between four and five mana can be pretty steep. Uh, if you have an extra shitty creature lying around, hey, you just turn it into a four-six with death touch. Or, you know, since you're playing black, if you have one of those creatures that you have no, you have a no hard time getting back out of the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. What's the one? Uh, the one if you have rage, you can play black to bring it back. Bloodstone Blood champion. Bloodstone champion. There you go. Stack of bloodstone champion. So attack with the Bloodstone Champion first, then stack it, then replay it because you attack with a creature this turn. Yeah. Uh, also, it's a zombie. You know what else is a zombie? Saltai Emissary. You know what loves being sacrificed? Saltai Emissary. Yeah, I'm going to pretend like I know what that does. Black and a colorless for a 1-1. One, one. When it dies, you manifest. Ah. Uh, okay, then. So apparently you want to be manifesting things. Well, I've been thinking about a black deck, that, uh, or black-red, actually, that runs Necromancer Stockpile for a while. Okay. But there haven't really been enough zombies. And Sidisi being a zombie, along with Saltai Emissary and Timoret and Grey Merchant, is making this deck, plus Risen Executioner, which we're going to talk about shortly, is making this deck sound much, much better to me. So... First, first thing you see, this is kind of another card that fits into the mold of games going long. Yeah. Well, at least for me, obviously it still fits in, because there is a kind of a mono-black deck, or a black aggro deck that's running around, right? Which is, this is the top end of your curve, 
really not that bad. Normally, you know, if the game's fall out that long, you have, let's say, Bloodstone Champion, which really does nothing in a board spell. Yeah. Stack it away and go find, you know, whatever card it is you need in your deck to just power through. Yeah, I mean, none of that, but I mean, what's going to be profitably battle this thing? Nothing. 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 Walks the the Seedrano all day long, kills it. That's the other thing. As a 4-6, I mean, one has Death Touch, so everything dies to it, but there is... Like, I mean, I mean Arbor Colossus trades with it. Arbor Colossus like trades with it. Um, he needs Blue Kronos. Soul of Theros can cause it trouble, but Soul of Theros causes everything trouble. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of a card that says, like, oh, you're playing creatures? Uh, screw you. Yeah, th- yeah like nothing is getting through her on the ground. Oh, Hythonia the Cruel does. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, and the other thing is... Sorry, uh, you don't actually have to sacrifice a creature. So, I mean, worst case scenario, if you just want, you know, getting a 4-6 with Death Touch for 5 mana, yep. not the worst thing in the world. Especially, uh, and that's why, so, you know, in, she obviously can go into kind of a mono-black aggro deck, some kind of like black aggro deck, but also being in, say, uh, the Abzan deck or the Sultai deck, even if you don't have, say, a Stater Wayfinder to throw away, I mean, worst case scenario, I, she's not a liability against the aggro decks, like the red aggro decks uh, that exist, because you can just play her as a 4-6. You know, yeah. just be like, go. Or just play her and sack her and go get what you need. Yeah, I wouldn't be sacking her against a red deck, but... Yeah. But, like, the thing is about her... If everything lasts, like, to survive. If you play her... Yeah, exactly. If you play her at any point against red, you, you have whip. Because that's the only thing you really care about against a red deck right now. Fair enough. So, you know, if you have to sacrifice her to go get whip, you will. And then you can whip her back and attack her at a game for life, or just sack her and go and get, I don't know, anything. Or just play whip first and play her. Sure. All sorts of stuff. Anyway, I I really, really like this guy. We're we're doing really good here with these choices, i got to say. Nobody's going out on a limb yet, though. Oh, I, I, I got one for last that's going on a limb. Don't worry about that. All right, well, let's see if Travis is going to find us the next Aurelius Fury. What you got for us, Travis? Um, <laughs> Ujitai Exemplars. Huh. Okay. Why? I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the next Aurelius Fury. <laughs> well, it is a mythic, so <laughs> halfway there. <laughs> it also has white and it's got Basically, th- I mean, they let LSB spoil it, and they don't let LSB spoil crap. Which, by the way, okay, so he got to spoil this, and then he got to spoil the blue mythic. I don't know if someone's going to talk about it, so I won't spoil what the blue mythic is. Like, two days in a row. Really? LSB deserves to get two mythics? Just saying. Anyways, go on. I think uh, Exemplars is going to be one of the best cards in the set. It's definitely got a shot. I mean, it's 4-4-4-4, four, 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 which is an outstanding nowadays, but especially in decks that you run a certain blue card that we'll probably talk about, or any really... Um, I mean... I'm actually going to disagree with you. Value I'm going to disagree with you on that point. I do think this card is good. But I think you want this deck and this card in, like, a Boros deck. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I mean, you untap, stoke the flames, tap down their blocker and get get in, yeah. It's like a charm attached to a creature. Yep. How do you not love the flexibility on this thing? 
Are you talking about in the art or the tat? We need to say what it I is. Or we want to just expect people to know. Right, we, we, you can go over it. It's a 4-4 four, for four, 4. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you get to choose one, so it really is a charm. You can tap target creature. You can give it first strike and lifelink. Or you can exile it and return it to the battlefield. Yeah, and like being able to cast, I don't know, Valorous Stance, destroying their biggest attacker, giving this first strike and lifelink, taking something else down. I mean, even going Valorous Stance, like let's say destroy Siege Rhino, tap down Corsair Crucifix, Bash, be decent. Yeah, or, you know, they go to Heroes Downfall it, and you Valorous Stance killing their best dude, blinking it, and making them cry. Also that. Do people it's, got, it's got so much versatility. I'm confused. Do people people frequently cry when playing magic against you, Travis? Yes. Because I have yet to play in a magic tournament where someone has cried. I disagree. You were crying with laughter when I got blown out by Lost in the Mist. That's a different kind of... <laughs> He <laughs> lost the lost of the minute. <laughs> oh. Even you admitted you would not have played around that cut. <laughs> no, it was even better because you had the game locked down. The only way you can lose was by treat the angel miracle. <laughs> oh, that was just like I correctly played around that link though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you correctly played around Manalik. You know the it, counter spell that people actually played. It's just it, it's really funny for for a few reasons. One, because you lost the lost the mist, and two, because had you not cast that entreat the angels, you were winning that match. <laughs> I suppose, but I wanted to get it over quick because it was a forty minute round and I was playing a dirtle deck. Yeah, but you still lost the lost in the mist. Shut up, Travis. You don't get to talk. You played Aurelius Fury. All right, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I need a bunch of Aurelius Fury now. They're like 90 cents a piece. <laughs> Still overpriced. I actually really like this card. I don't know. I get the feeling it's going to be like that one mythic in the set that always looks like it's going to get played but never does. You know, like there's, there's one in every set. It's the card people think and look at it and they think, oh yeah, this is going to see play, and then everybody raves about it, and then it never actually sees any play. You know what this card actually has going against it? Uh, that it's format and a format full of better four drops. Well, I was going to say Thunderbreak Regent. Yeah, because I feel this. You want this card in the Boros Aggro deck, and then Thunderbreak Regent just stole the spotlight. I mean, I think it's the, between those two is going to depend on the format. If your format's full of, like, a um, mid-rangey, um, I have 12 removal spells deck, then you're probably going to want to break Thunderbreak Regent just because you're going to get value out of it if they try to kill it. But if it's going to be anything else, if it's going to be, like, the, the green-white devotion where it's just a slow down or an aggro format, then I think the exemplars are going to be better. You know what, though? I think this actually might be better in the red-white mirror. How, how do you ever double-block this card? You probably don't. You can't, right? Uh, if you have two Seekers and I attack with this, and, I, and you double-block, like, 
what what can you possibly have? I lightning strike one of your seekers and give my guy first strike and life link. Now, how do you how do you beat that? Valor's tense. I mean, it's gonna be awesome to untap with this thing and cast Drummer's command on. Yep, yep, that's also a thing. And you get like three modes on a command, pretty much. Or even just casting Valorous Dance instead of Lightning Strike. Well, like then you get to take out both their Seekers, and even if they have the, the trick to pump them, you're still killing one of them and gaining life. I mean, if, if you play this on a board and you're behind in life totals, you have to leave back multiple blockers. Because you can't trust to, to leave back even just two, because it'd be so easy to take them both out. Yeah. That's crazy. And trust with all the haste in that deck, like... Oof. I don't know, man. This, it's a, like, I don't know if it's going to see a lot of main deck play, but I think I think it's a mirror breaker, like Kiki Jiki, you know, your daughter. All right, uh, my turn, right? I'm up? Correct. Okay, well, I said we were going to do it, and we're going to do it. We're going to talk about Risen Executioner. You mean that it should be a Mythic Mythic? Black Black 2 for a 4-3, Zombie Warrior, relevant creature types. Can't block. Other zombie creatures you control get plus one, plus one. You can cast it from your graveyard if you pay one more to cast it for each other creature card in your graveyard. I don't actually intend to be casting this very much from my hand. How is this a mythic? What do you mean, how is it a mythic? It, you can cast it from your graveyard, so yeah, it keeps you can coming back. Yeah, grave crawler. Uh, which was a 2-1 and a rare and didn't have any other abilities. Well, if you had can't block, which is the same thing this thing has. Remember when we had the discussion about what happens when you two put tape, staple two rares together? Uh, I'm sorry. Super weak. Oh, wait. <laughs> you do that. We, we, we've been over this. One, can't block is not a rare ability. Two, uh, I distinctly recall saying if we had living death on a gloom surgeon, does that make that a mythic? And I'm pretty sure the resounding answer was, yeah. why is Gloom Surgeon a card? <laughs> Which is true. Why is it a card? But no, if you, put two, if you staple two res together, you get a mythic, plain and simple. This uh, is I'm not going to allow that. As a judge, I'm not going to allow that at one of my tournaments. That is an illegal altar. <sighs> You're an illegal altar. Well, I don't alter my cards, so don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, this is definitely mythic. I don't see how you'd consider it anything but... Do you, Travis, do you think this is a mythic? Um, yes. I can consider it anything but terrible. If it was just that you could cast it from your graveyard, I would say rare, but then you also get the uh, the zombie pump ability. Yes, exactly. Both together make it a, a mythic. Yeah, exactly right. So, so the way I want to use it, like I said, Does I want to... Diagraph Captain be rare, then? What? Was it Diagraph Captain all your zombies get plus one plus one? Yeah. That, that was uncommon. Right, but it, that, in fact, has been proven to be uncommon. Also, it was two colors. Go on. I do... I think Actually, I think that whole Lord cycle could have been rare quite easily. Um, yeah, I want to play this with Necromancer Stockpile. There are a lot of zombies right now that don't care if you discard them. Like, Necromancer Stockpile is a very powerful card anyway. Discard a creature card to draw a card is just good, especially in a deck with Whip. The fact that you get added value by discarding a zombie is just better. And then this guy can just keep coming back. Him and Timurat make an excellent combination. 
I really, really like this guy. I, I think this is going to be one of my favorite cards in the set. Not one of the best, I'm not saying that, but I think it's going to be one of my favorites. It's really hard to get rid of permanently. It dodges Valorous Dance. Unless you have two of them on black. Yeah, that's true. But it also, and plus, why would you have to uh, do that? I guess you didn't buy Why would you do that? That seems like a bad decision. Having two Lords on play? Yeah. Yeah, that seems, that seems awful. I also hate drawing my second Glorious Anthem. <laughs> I'm like, I already have one. Why do I need a second one? These Lingering Souls tokens are already big enough. Yeah. Why is it you keep losing in top four again? Because uh, I don't top deck Miracle Bonfire of the Dam. Uh, you should probably work on that. I'm trying. Very. So you don't like this card at all, Will? Okay. I have a... Except for Knight Exemplar, I have a rather big dislike of just lords in general. It's because you're anti-religion, isn't it, Will? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. I'm pretty sure you should have been, like, anti-British and, like, Downton Abbey and lords and... Uh, what, what do lords do in England? They must do something. You're British, you should know. The House of Lords and... The House of Lords in Great Britain is the equivalent of the Senate here. Oh, so they're useless. Sure, basically. Cool. And okay. Their, and their positions are for life. What do you think about it, Travis? Like, would you play this card? Um, I mean, Travis has played Aurelius Fury, and this card is admittedly better than Aurelius Fury, so... <laughs> You're really setting the bar kind of low. I wouldn't have a problem playing it, at least as a one-up. Maybe a two-up. That deck is... I don't think, once I get this deck built, it's going to have any trouble zipping through its library. Are you going to play Wonder and Tomb Shell? I am not going to play Wonder Tomb Shell. Now I'm trying to think of ways you could play it with... Wonder and Tomb Shell. <laughs> with what, Travis? I do remember the name of the card. What does it do? One in the black, discard two cards, make a zombie. Zombie infestation. Zombie infestation. But isn't Necromancer Stockpile just better? It's pay man. Well, no, you don't. Zombie Stockpile isn't legal in... Or, sorry, Zombie Infestation is illegal in standard, so... You don't have to pay mana to activate uh, Stockpile. Yeah, you do. Do you? I'm just checking that oh, now. black. Actually. Yeah, it's one in a black. Oh, okay. So the card is not completely busted in half, then? No. So you discard a creature card, draw a card. Well, no, otherwise you're looting through your entire deck. <laughs> well, you still <laughs> can for four mana. Pardon? You still can for four mana. Uh, no, you have to pay two mana. Yes, you pay two, you return Timurit to your hand, and then you pay two and discard Timurit. You have to sack a dude to do it, though. So. But you get a zombie when you discard Timurit. How does that loot through your entire deck? <sighs> you pay a black and a colorless. Yes. You discard Timuret, who is a zombie. Sure. You draw a card. Yeah. And you get a zombie token. Correct. And then you pay a black and a colorless and return Timuret to your hand, sacrificing the zombie token. Sure. And then you can do it again. Right, but that's not looting through your deck. That's paying four mana to draw a card. Is that not good? Well, it's not looting through your entire deck. It's better than looting. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I'm pretty sure if Necromancer Stockpile costs zero to activate, you could just loot through your entire deck. I agree. Which would be insane. Oh, well, no. You could loot through all the creatures in your deck, because you only draw a card if you... You can only discard a creature cost, right? Oh, fair enough. So you can loot through a whole lot in it, of it. Yeah, you Okay. Can, yeah. Here's my problem with this card, however. Aside from all the other problems I have with it, uh, it costs four mana to cast from your hand, correct? Yes. Okay, from your graveyard, it costs more than that. It might. Unless your graveyard has no creatures in it. Right. That may be slightly problematic. If you're planning on just chucking your entire... Unless you're planning on chucking your entire deck into the graveyard, which is what Landstill is planning on doing, that may make this slightly harder to cast. Yeah, it is going to be harder to cast, no question. That doesn't mean it's bad, though. I mean, you know, sometimes you pay more for stuff. The fact that it keeps coming back is the point. Like, in Commander, does, do you, does your Commander get worse because you have to pay more mana for it? No. Okay, you just start a sentence with, in Commander, talking to me. You, you maybe need to go home and rethink your life choices. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm actually at home. Not that I can remember where my home is very often. <laughs> Which reminds me, I'm going to be in Montreal soon. Oh, thank you. You don't have a choice, bitch. All right, what's your next card, Will? I'm going short and sweet with a rending volley. Uh, I believe you mispronounced the name of that card. Uh, the uh, card's name is Fuck You Twin. Oh. Well, no, that's not nice. We like, uh, Travis likes his kids, so why would he ever say bad things about them? <laughs> uh, how, how, are, how are the Splinter Twins, by the way, Travis? Hopefully sleeping. Oh, that would probably be good. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, essentially, um, in terms of, if you're looking at things that combust kills, that this doesn't, I believe the list is Siege Rhino. Yep, it's a pretty short list. And uh, secondly, I don't can't imagine a situation where you want to bring in combust against a deck that runs siege rhino. Unless there's some, like unless you really hate siege rhino, four color. I don't know siege rhino. Some four color twin deck. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you need five colors because pester might. Nope. Unless you're putting a splinter twin on a siege rhino. Yeah, okay, to. I'm sorry. Is there something wrong with this idea? <laughs> well, actually, there's a card that allows you to do that in the set. But uh, there is a red white twin deck that exists. Please note, I'm not saying there's a red white twin deck that's good. Uh, so you don't actually need the fifth color to to do this. Well, okay. Long story short, let's put it this way. Once upon a time in modern, I played John. Once upon a time in modern, Birthing Pod was legal. Once upon a time, Birthing Pod has a whole lot of white creatures in it, like Restoration Angels and stupid crap like that. There was never a point in time where I would ever imagine bringing in Combust. So, like, this card is strictly against, I mean, pretty much Splinter Twin, because Travis has been going on and on and on about how you need more hate cards against Splinter Twin. And I mean, the entire cycle in itself is good. To ban Splinter Twin. Yes, you can you can ban Splinter Twin. Uh, the other thing that this kills, which uh, maybe is slightly less evident, but uh, it kills the one uh, tapped Ojutai. Yeah, it does do that quite handily. It also kills the Bremas, by the way. It does. 
it kills. It kills uh, Secret of the White. Yeah. It kills. Uh, actually, you know what? It also kills uh, a card that Travis likes, Ujitai Exemplars. Yeah. If they don't have a way to blink it. Right, but I mean, if you're playing in essentially the Boros Mirror match, right, where you're just kind of like throwing cards out as quickly as possible. Hey, you're like, oh, format of this, bam, dead. What up? So, like, I mean, the entire cycle is quite decent. Uh, probably the black one is the weakest. I'm unsure as to how they thought the green one was a good card. It's like Veil of Autumn or Autumn's Veil was just, it was fine, but clearly we needed to make it more obnoxious <laughs> as a card. And then in case the nice obviously deals with Stormbust Dragon, but I think of the five, Rending Volley is the one that obviously it's modern playable. I I see showing up in standard. I mean the other ones will show up in standard as well, but I think Rending Volley will be playable in both formats. Yeah, I d- don't disagree at all. I think definitely standard play, obviously modern play. I think Burn is quite happy to play this against Twin. Much more so than Combust. Uh, Travis, your next card. My next card. Collected Company. Whoo, yeah. Collected Company, it lets you dig... Is it six cards? You can pull it back up. Yes. Look at the top six cards of your library. Put up to two creature cards with Converna Mana cost three or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So, what you're saying is, I can put two Tarmogoths on the field at instant speed for four mana? Yes. Yeah, that's not good at all, is it? Well, no, you're paying, like, if you cast them from your hand, you're paying four mana. But you can't do it at instant speed. Right, but, like, you're not, you're not and getting a savings. If you your hand on top of your library, will. You're not, you're not getting a savings on the mana cost is what I'm saying. You're, you're spending four mana at the same time. This is not a mana efficient card. This is a mana equally efficient card. Okay. Was that bad? Like, being able to equal out, to, to break even is still pretty good. I don't know. Like, when is a good time? If you're like, oh, like, here's two Tarmogoyfs. Like, is there really, is, this, is that a good scenario? What, playing two Tarmogoyfs at the end of somebody's turn, untapping and attacking yeah. with them? Yeah. I, I hear that might be decent, yeah. You know what's kind of really sad is that Sea Drowner doesn't cost three mana. Uh, no, I don't think you're correct. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any part of that is sad, Will. Hey, Sea Drowner used to cost three mana, but then they swapped the casting cost with Anapenza. Thank Christ. Also, you can get Anapenza with this. You can, but imagine if you can get two Sea Drowners with this. Imagine if you just go, like, cast this and, like, hit a Snapcaster and then cast it again. I suppose you could do that. Or imagine if, you know, you have, say, Mr. Uh, Seer on the board, and you cast this, and then you put Kitchen Finks and Malira on the board. I like that Colgate flavor. Yes, this is a thing that we must do. I mean, it's not like you could also curve it out after a... Um so, fu- fun fact, if we're going on Travis's uh, Sarah Seer, Malira, Kitchen Finks plan, you know what that strategy actually loses to? Uh, plan? No. I was uh, actually going to say Infect, but now that you bring up Birthing Pot, it loses to Splinter Twin. I'm pretty sure if you can manage to get Malir on the board, you're not going to lose to Infect. I believe he might be correct, Well, Well, the reason Infect has risen is because there's no Malir or any wild in the format anymore. Don't worry, they, they have to dismember. 
<laughs> they, they always they, they, they always have the always have the dismember. Oh, so annoying. Or the path. Or they just give you the noble hierarchy beats. Either way, Travis is gonna find a way to lose to Infect with Malera, and then after he does his combo, he's gonna get some to adapt. Now, modern aside, because I know that Travis is obviously in love with modern, what are the like the best cards to get off of this in standard? Three mana or less. Uh Orsher. Um like, is, is this a card... Because obviously it's it's a strong effect, right? It's my plan. Kid, kidding aside, two instant speed charm of voice is very good in modern. Um, but, like, in terms of standard, I, I feel this is... can certainly be played. Like, Brahma's Anafenza? Is that good? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're playing this, you're probably going to skew towards used to be broken in your deck. So you're going to start looking at Putting a deck around three or less. So, I mean, you basically put this into Adelan Aggro. You could do that. Like, it's something as a two of, I think. I mean, getting Brumas, getting Anafenza. I mean, getting Edsmore's Rakshash's Death Dealer and Anafenza. Fleece Man Lion. Yeah. If, it, if you get two creatures off of it, you're winning. Because right now, four mana draw two is playable. So four mana draw two and put them into play. Even if you get two Elvish Mystics, you're winning. I'll tell you one thing that does yeah. worry me, though, with this card, is that it is counterable by Disdainful Stroke. And nothing that it hits is. Well, I mean, that can kind of... Okay, I was going to say that's a good reason to have it in the sideboard for Absent Aggro, but when I was playing Absent Aggro, my opponent's... Like all have brought boarded in disdainful stroke. Yeah, because they don't want to lose to Siege Rider, Sarin, or Wingmate Rock. Yeah, but instead I was beating them down with Rakshasha Death Dealers and Anafenzas, and they what? looked really stupid. What's the name of the card? I think you mean Rakshasha. I, I mean, I knew I had it, I, they, I ha- they had it in their hand. Because I had a Siege Rider, and I was like, I'm not going to cast this, I'm not going to cast this, I'm not going to cast this. And they just died to what's on board. Oh, hitting Rabble Master seems okay. I, 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 I could agree with that hitting double Rabble Master. No, then you have to attack with both of them. Yeah, but you're doing this at the end of your opponent's turn. This is true. Untap, kill your blockers, destroy your face. Is this good? Seems reasonably good. Yeah, seems like it could be okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, out, I'm out on this card, I think, but only just. You know what I'm not out on, though? Or what are you uh, not out on? Is, uh... I, gotta, I can't remember the exact name of it. Where's it gone? Dragon Tempest. Yes. Really? Yep. Seriously? Yep. For once, I actually pick a card that I'm like, this is going to be fun, <laughs> and Will won't seem like a fuddy-duddy, and you go and take it. <laughs> Well, you should have guessed. Okay, so here's why I'm picking this card. It's uh, a red and a colorless for an enchantment. Whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, it gains haste until end of turn. Whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals X damage to target creature or player, where X is the number of dragons you control. 
Some of you may remember from the last time we recorded this podcast, you know, if we call them seasons, I believe it was like season seven, I messed around with Dragonstorm in modern for a little while. One thing that Dragonstorm doesn't do a lot of is cast things in the early game. Casting this on turn two enables you to go off with a storm count of, of as little as three. See, I thought you were going to go a completely different way, and I'm not going to say what you said is wrong, but, like, no, no, no one's playing Dragonstorm in Modern. That's, that's, uh, not actually, that's actually not the reason why I chose this card. I'm playing Dragonstorm in Modern, so you can get done. It's also really good with things like Hornet Queen, Ash Cloud Phoenix, Lingering Souls. What were you thinking, Well, Well, you actually didn't name the card... Te- technically, you didn't name the card that I was thinking of, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it for my last day. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't count. Sorry, you have to say it now. What do you mean it doesn't count? It's a completely different card. You you picked Dragon Tempest. No, I didn't. It was the other one that I picked, but Dragon Tempest is the second part of that combo. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. That is also a thing. I know what it is now, and I'm not going to say anything. Let me ask you guys this real quick. Go ahead. Are either of you disappointed that, that we didn't really get Dragon Tribal? Like, why is it just a Dragon Enchantment? Because uh, they no longer do Tribal. Tribal's gone forever. Uh, I, I, I would not say it's gone forever. That's a risky term in anything with, to do with magic. But yeah, Dragon Tribal's gone. Tribal's gone well, for a long time. To quote Marrow... Didn't he say he'd be very surprised if Tribal came back? Uh, he said that... I don't know. He was talking to someone of something, and I obviously don't want to waste time looking for it, but at some point I'll find it, and yeah. I was very disappointed to see that not only does Haven cast Dragon Creatures cards and not Dragon Spells, but I had also forgotten that Dragonstorm is not a Tribal Dragon Sorcery. Well, yeah, it was around before they had tribal. Yeah, but they could have retrofitted it, which they haven't done to anything. But still, I was sad. So, what do you need to go off turn three with Dragonstorm? You can't really do it. You need a god draw of like double Lotus Bloom. Turn oh, okay. It was, you need a three storm count to go off with it. Yeah. What do you get at three? Uh, triple Scourge of Valkus. The, what does that do? Uh, whenever a, it or any other dragon enters the battlefield, it deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of dragons you control. So the first one comes in, you deal 1. Second one comes in, you deal 4. Third one comes in, you deal 9. So that's 14. Then te- the Dragon Tempest triggers to deal 3 more, and then they all get haste, so you attack for uh, 15. Fair enough. I mean, if Dragon Tempest in play, you could just get two Bogren and Hellcats, still ten to them, and then attack for ten. The reason I don't like Bogren and Hellcat, Travis, is that it's eight mana. The The way I built Dragonstorm was with Scourge of Valkus and Thundermore Hellcat, because you can actually cast them if you aren't able to go off for some reason. I mean, you'll win some proportion of games just by beating down with 5-5 five, five Flyers. Yeah, I've heard those are good. Eh... Mm. There's also an argument to be had for 
possibly in the board playing storm breaths because they don't die to path or they don't they aren't removed by a path just to make sure that Will doesn't jump all over me. I can't find it. Uh, path exile exile stuff. Yeah, I can't find it. But Mark Rosewell just said tribe. No, they're no longer doing tribal. Alright. You're up, by the way. Well, what's your card? Am I up? Okay, well, then, since the I'm the blue-white control player on this podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna go with an easy one and say Narset. No, you're disqualified. You better believe it. She's sure. totally playable in Jund. <laughs> uh-huh. Which just reinforces our opinion from the last show that you have no idea what Jund is. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, Narset is two white-blue, six loyalty to start off, plus one. Look at the top card of your library. If it's a non-creature, non-land card, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. Minus two, the next instant source you play, they gain rebound. Minus nine, your opponent can't cast non-creature spells. And before anyone asks, no, this doesn't work with Temporal Trespass. <laughs> Actually, okay, so here's what's interesting about this card. Because everyone's going crazy about how this is, like, the greatest card ever, and Travis even compared it to Jason Mind Sculptor. And slow your roll. It's not Jason the Mind Sculptor. Occasionally, it's very can be very awkward. But it's the thing that control decks in this format have been lacking to a certain extent, which is card advantage. And this essentially, in a, in a format with a bunch of decks that just kind of, you know, drag their feet, drag their feet, doing nothing. Sorry. Uh, it's it's not a four of, you know, it's not, for example, Jace Architect of Thought. I know someone uh, on Twitter compared it. They're like, well, Jace Architect of Thought, I had such a hard time killing that. And then Narset is, starts off at higher loyalties. So it's going to be higher harder. The reason Jace was hard to kill was because it had this little plus one ability that gave all attacking creatures minus one, minus zero, which was pretty good so it could defend itself. But the thing is, like, being at the casting cost it is, it doesn't die to a siege runner right away, so you get multiple activations out of it. And it, it's kind of the perfect card, because for the blue, for blue-white control type decks, because you never want to be having creatures in your deck. So it's essentially draw half a card. I think Nasset is a very good card. And I also think she's the most overrated card in the set. I 100% agree with that. I, I will not disagree. She is 100% super, super duper overrated. Do you guys ever um, uh, Ben Blarweiss's articles? Yes. Reviews? All the time. He basically thinks it's going to be the second best Planeswalker ever after Jace. Ben, yes, ben I saw that. Is, is paid a significant amount of money to increase the sales of Star City games. That's also crazy pants insane because I forget what's the second what's the third best planeswalker? Well the best is obviously J JTM. Yeah. The second best is what? Elspeth? No, Liliana. It's right. Close. Third is Elspeth. It's close between Lily and Elspeth. I don't think this is like cracks that top three. I think Elspeth Knight Errant is would be much better than this card. This card is very good. I certainly like it. Can serve a purpose in the 
the blue-white decks that just want to do nothing all day, never play any creatures, uh, and just essentially get uh, a form of card advantage. And see, the thing is about this is your opponent can't... I mean, obviously, if you're playing Burn and they're about to kill you, then that's fine, but otherwise they can't really ignore it because it's gaining you some form of an advantage. So it's going to be really be where, like, what the shell is that exists for Narset. Because obviously, I mean, draw half a card in a control deck, very good. Uh, Being able to rebound uh, a Wrath is actually quite strong, because normally when you're you're playing a Wrath, you're playing, you're tapping out, you're playing that Wrath, and you're kind of vulnerable the next turn to basically people can sneak through whatever they want. If you've got a Wrath coming on the rebound, then you don't really have to worry about, you know, these creatures coming down and then you get to untap with your chemistry spells off. Well, you're vulnerable to dash creatures, that's about it. That is true. Yeah, I, th- that's that's the key. People are going to have to relearn how to play around Wrath when you consider that Wrath and then Wrath. But, one thing that you need to be careful about with this is if you minus two Narset, and I say that resolves... No, that doesn't work. I was going to say, then I can make you counter something, and then your counter spell rebounds instead of what you intended to rebound, but that doesn't actually work. I mean, unless you pass priority because you were intending to cast something during combat. Yeah, I guess. That seems kind of risky. Uh, also, another thing. Uh, rebound says May. You don't have to cast it from Exile. So, just on the off chance, if you're playing against someone, and you're playing, say, S for control, and you go minus two, and then you hear his downfall their dude, and they have another dude in play, and then they're like, oh, well, like, I'll kill this dude, and then, oh, rebound, you have to kill Narset with hero's downfall. It's not how it works. If you cast it, and it's the only legal target, then you have to hero's downfall it. But if you just leave it in exile, then you're off the hook. Sure. But, if then you're leaving your stuff in exile, like... Yeah. No, I, I I agree, but I mean at the same time, what are you gonna do? So, I like I think this card's gonna see play. It's not a four of, it's not you know uh, kind of good Jace quality that you want to have four of. Want to have two? I can see maybe getting away with one, but see you two. And this is a card that's from the time it's released till pretty much when it rotates. I have. Very strong feeling that it's going to be a pain in the butt for running around for on people. Travis, I can see you playing this card. And I can see me playing this card too. And wait, I can see me playing this card if I can manage to afford them. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yes, it says, it says Uncle MTGO money bags over here. Uh, so. The thing that kind of that I was discussing with the slam one is I don't think Esper control would be a deck per se. I think more you'd have a blue white control deck, and then you'd have blue black, which could which would splash this. I can see blue black splashing this. Maybe, maybe. Blue black is really removal heavy with spot removal, which is. Better to rebound, in my opinion, than Rasta. Especially, oh no, you can't do it on their turn. Never mind. But still, spot removal is better to rebound because you're more likely to want to cast it. 
Either way, I think we can all agree that rebounding at dig through time, solid. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Not going to argue with that. Almost as awesome as ultimating Chandra and <laughs> hitting <laughs> dig through time. Rebounding a collected company. Oh, that seems excessive. But fine. All right, Travis, you're up. Let's see. What haven't you guys taken? I'm going to go simple and say anticipate. Really? Yes. That's awful. Uh, awful? Okay. See, I forget whose article I was reading. I'm clearly stealing this from someone that I read on Star City. Uh, I think it was actually Todd Anderson, who... Uh, yeah, I'll agree with Todd Anderson, even though he's a terrible, terrible human being. For those of you at home who don't know the reason why, it's because he's an Oklahoma fan. Or an Alabama fan, sorry. Wow! <laughs> you probably they're like, they're like the same schools. They have red and white. I, I mean, if Travis turns on the TV and sees Oklahoma, he'll cheer for them because he doesn't know it's not Alabama. Uh, they're less racist in Alabama, I think. I don't know. Did you see the video? <laughs> Oh, right, good point. I totally forgot about that. I said they're less racist in Alabama. That's what I'm saying. Yes. The big story right now is an Oklahoma uh, fraternity doing a racist video. Which is why Alabama is less racist than Oklahoma. Yes, but you said they're less racist than Alabama. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I have to rewind and check the tape on that one. Anyways, so to steal from, let's say it's Todd Anderson, if Impulse is around... You, no one would want to play Impulse. False. I love Impulse. It's one of my favorite cards of all time. Okay, we're playing it because it's a good card, not because Lance Dell has a special affinity for whatever stuff. Like, for example, if Zap was reprinted, Lance Dell would have played four of them in every single deck he owns. I mean, I could probably lend four to everybody at the store to play in their deck. No one wants foil Zaps. No one wants foil cards. <laughs> Wrong. Alright, Travis, give me a reason for why you want to play this. Uh, it's instant card selection in a format that doesn't get very much instant card selection. That's, uh, I mean, he's got a good point for a change. Right, but you're casting this to, like, hope to hold up mana for, like, a counter spell removal spell. See, the thing is, it's just, it's three cards deep. It basically replaces itself with seemingly a better card. It's just, you really want to be, like, I don't know. It's like the Stater Wayfinder argument. And, I mean, Lance does come across this. I don't understand why the Saltai decks play Stater Wayfinder. I it's well, just... I understand it, and I don't like it. I mean, no, like, I, I get that you want stuff in your yard, but it just... It has zero impact on the board. Uh, That's not true. It occasionally up. blocks a Corsair Crufix. And it'll find you a land. Right. Well, but I mean, also look at look at the other the card that a mana props spoiled today. That card is really good. Is isn't this the kind of card you'd want in the, the deck for it that has that? I mean, if you're going to build a control deck, a true control deck, you need something like anticipate. You need a very cheap way to get some kind of library manipulation. I can agree with that. Uh, is this the library manipulation we want? How much worse is this than Think Twice? Not really that much worse. Uh, think Twice gets you two cards. It, on occasion. What do you mean on occasion? Who's not fast flashing back Think Twice? But we get eaten by scavenging games. 
Does that? I mean, that's not really a thing, right? Like, there's much better things to be eating. Like, as for Lance Del Tiger's breath. Yeah, because you don't agree, right? What? The Tiger's breath is the greatest thing in the world? No, I, I don't agree with that statement. I, that's not my assertion at all. Tiger's breath I'm is pretty sure you said Tiger's breath is, and I'm including sex in this statement. Okay. Tiger's breath is the greatest thing ever. Everybody listening. Chris Lansdale, 2000, whatever. Everybody listening who knows me now knows that you're full of shit. Okay. One, <laughs> one, this isn't news to anyone, so it's not like, you know, you're Brian Williams or something. No, I actually went there. No, anyway, regardless. I, I kind of know what you're talking I like this card. What can I say? I like it. I like a lot of cards, apparently. It's just... I mean, it's not going to be game-breaking, but it's a good card. It's very lackluster. And sometimes you just need you just need a impulse. I think this card would actually be better if it said put them put the remaining two either both on top or both on the bottom, or put them in the graveyard. Uh, that's basically just thought scour. Except you get to choose the card that you draw. Uh, I don't think you've ever played Thought Scour correctly, but when you do, you always draw the best card. Yeah, and your Delvers actually flip, right? Uh, my Delvers always flip. Yeah, my Delver is a 1-1 one, one that never has any other abilities. I oh. actually don't know what Delver's sequence does. Can someone explain it to me? I only have inside operations all the time. You should probably see a doctor about that. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I get the point. It's just... <sighs> Are we on to the fourth card or the fifth card for me now, Will? We're on to the fourth card. Alright, so I have another one after this one. Okay, cool. I know what I'm keeping for last. Since I've been rather obsessed with devotion right now, I think I'm going to talk about Shawcrasher Elemental. Really? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, there's a few ways to play this card. I mean, the most obvious one and the one that people are thinking about is, is the comeback for, uh, for Mono Blue Devotion. So we'll start there. This, this guy curves perfectly into Master of Waves. He is an elemental, so Master of Waves pumps him. Giggity. And he has the Morphling ability. I cannot think of a creature that's ever been printed with the Morphling ability that was bad. Windreaper? No, that card wasn't bad. It was just not... It was printed at the wrong time. If that were printed now, it would see play. I think the other thing is, though, that outside of Devotion, you can play this in just a blue deck because of the morph ability on it. The fact that it turns up for a single blue, well, I have four colors, but you only need to have a single blue, means that you can splash it if you want to. And it turns up as a 4-4 with the ability to morph itself out and, and or phase itself out and morph. There's there's some upside to be had there. I mean, I agree that it might bring back Mono Blue Devotion, but it's more because the cards in Mono Blue Devotion are good than that this is good. The, problem the best thing about this thing is its casting cost. The problem with... I think this card is good, though. Like, what's, what's bad about it? What was the card that Travis said that had the morphine ability that was bad? Wind Reaver. Okay. Because there's also Water Servant. But that's not the morphling ability, because it's a single blue to activate, not a colorless. Okay. So you're... <laughs> in that case, there's Pemmenzora. That's not a creature. Just saying. All right, but 
point remains. I, I think I, I don't know how you see this card as bad. Blue doesn't get three threes for three. Period. What the hell is a Wind Reaper? Is it Wind Reaper? Is it Wind Reaper? Oh, Reaver. Okay, because there's Wind Reaper Falcon from Mirage, but I don't think it's that. No, it is definitely not that. <laughs> Although, speaking of birds, we do get to finally find out what uh, Stormcrow's origins are, so that should be pretty good in Magic Origins. So. <laughs> they can't print that card, can they? What, Stormcrow? Yeah. Why can't they print it? They have to print it. They have to print it as a flip card. It's busted. Stormcrow becomes a Planeswalker. Oh, my God. But, I mean, Mono Blue Devotion just becomes broken, doesn't it? I mean, any that becomes broken. They have to emergency ban it. So short crash or elemental? It's it's just not morphling or aetherling. Sorry, it's also not morphling, but it's not aetherling. You're correct. It's not aetherling, but I don't think it goes in the same deck as aetherling would. So, like, is that kind of the big debate now? Is is mono blue devotion a thing? Because of the cards that are spoiled from the set, there are less blue cards than anything else. I don't. The reason I don't think Mono Blue Devotion is going to be as good as people think it's going to be is that there are no two drops. Yeah, that's a problem. There's also that no we have cards. seen yet. There's also no blue cards with exploit. That's not unusual, is it? I guess it kind of is because it is the blue black mechanic. I mean, there's only two cards with exploit. So revealed, So. I just, like, uh, aside from Mono Blue Devotion, there's really no deck that wants this. It's pretty prohibitive as mana cost. Not if you morph it. It doesn't have evasion, though, either. It does have evasion. Well, no, okay, it doesn't have evasion. No, you're quite right. So it's very clunky. Like, aside from giving you Devotion, yeah, it gives you a bunch of elementals off the Master Wave, and it practically single-handedly activates Thassa. It just doesn't have evasion. The thing about it is it can't be called it's just like in a world of Siege Rhinos. Well, yeah, Siege Rhino having trample is a real pain in the rear end. But you can encase that in ice, can't you? Sorry. My, anyways. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 you could play this in a deck with Siege Rhino. No, that's not what I said. Well, you're already putting Splinter Twin in that deck, so <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Might as well, right? Yes, you could encase the ice Siege Rhino. Well, it seems reasonable. I mean, I mean, it's, it's at that point you've already eaten the damage, so doesn't it tap the creature down when you? Yeah, yeah, but you've already lost three life. Okay, that's fine. Like losing three life ain't the end of the world. Actually, you know what's better for a siege right now? I don't know. If, are you guys going to talk about this? It's uh, an enchantment or one in the blue. Uh, I hadn't planned on it. Travis, no. I don't think there's any else cards. Cool. The other thing you can do to Siege Rhino, which is probably insanely better, is put a Mirror Mockery on it. I do not hate this. Because you just put it on your opponent's Siege Rhino, and then you're like, ha ha, you attack. can never attack with that. Please attack. <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> like, how awkward is that? If your opponent just, like, you cast Siege Rhino, and then your opponent just puts that Mirror Mockery on a Siege Rhino. Then you're just screwed. And you're giving them devotion as well. So we can agree, like, the only the only place for this deck is devotion, right? Or this card for Crash Elemental? I don't know. I, I think it's possible that the morph version of it 
sees play in like a team deck. Because like it obviously gives a decent amount of devotion. That's fine. The problem with it is that it's not it necessarily. It's the fact that it you're missing the early drops that mono blue devotion had. Yeah. So the deck just has to be played differently then. Like just because you can't build mono blue devotion the way you used to doesn't mean that mono blue devotion is unplayable. It just means that it's a different deck than it used to be. Well, yeah, but I mean mono blue devotion was an aggro deck, right? Yeah, it was. So it's hey, like in the pr- you're missing the one of the two drops, basically. Well, you have a couple of good one drops. Hypnotic Siren is still around. Sure. And I'm sure there's another one. I'm just not thinking of it right now. Sure. I don't think there is. Frost is still a card. Frost Elemental or Frost Walker is playable. Oh, you can play Frost Walker for two mana. Yeah. Which is also an elemental. So you got Frostwalker into Shellcrasher, into Master of Waves. Untap, put the Mirror Mockery on Master of Waves and attack. The only problem, though, is that you can't make uh, Frostwalker unblockable with Thassa. This is true. But if they want to block by 5 2, I mean, it's going to kill whatever they block with. Frostwalker and Elemental as well. Yes, he is. And if you have Mirror Mockery on the Master of Waves, he's actually a 6-3 when he attacks. I hate that you're, like, convincing me to this point of view. <laughs> the deck, don't get me wrong, the deck is going to need some 2-drops. Mind Reaver is horrible. What about Drugstore Reaver? No, that card's awful. So. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Ghosty McJazzhands, as you well know. Yeah, so awful. And he was absolutely terrible. He was oh. not terrible. Speaking of other cards we're not going to talk about, uh, is there a reason why everyone that keeps talking about Cloden Legion is only talking about what their opponent has in play? Because it's just a target player. You can target yourself with this. Yes, you can. I'm, I'm not sure why you would. Well, I mean, I don't, I, don't play, I don't play EDH, so obviously this was not a relevant card. But everyone keeps being like, oh, you can copy whatever <coughs> it has. And I'm like, but what ability can you copy what you have? Just food for thought. So just a quick search of standard right now. There is literally one two-drop that is blue-blue. And, and it is terrible. Uh... What sets it from? I feel it's like from Born of the Gods. Uh, it is, in fact, from Born of the Gods. Okay. I don't know any cards in Born of the it's Gods. A, it's Mind Reaver. It's a 2-1 for 2. And it, it has Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, exile the top three cards of Target Player's Library. And you can pay Blue Blue and sack him to counter target spell with the same name as a card exiled with him. Oh, yeah, I remember that card. That's all I got at the stupid pre-release. Quickling could be playable. Uh, Vaporkin is an elemental. So that's a possibility. Omen Speak is a possibility. Jeskai Sage isn't terrible. I feel at this point you're basically just playing elemental tribal. I mean, also possible. <laughs> but that just happens to be mono blue, doesn't it? What's in, what's in any other color? What do you mean with some any other color? That you red, has, red has crater elemental. Oh god, that thing is so stupid. 
Okay, in all fairness, that can be said about pretty much any card with formidable on it. Yeah, right. Portable does seem to be a great ability. Well, well, you're up for card number five. Alright. Now, to break in the mold of Will being a fuddy-duddy, <laughs> my fifth card <laughs> is Descent of Dragons. Yes! Which combos fantastically with Dragon Tempest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of the card, yeah. Uh, which does combo fantastically with Dragon Tempest. <laughs> so, here's the thing. And I, I I bring this card up because I actually think that this can be a legitimate deck. I'm so happy right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so essentially, so Dragon Tempest domes creatures or players when Dragon comes into play. And basically, Descent to Dragons, if you make a bunch of dragons, you kind of instantly win on the spot. And if you look at kind of red, basically the shell I'm looking, would be looking at is red green. So you're playing Mana Dorks, uh, Elvish Mystic, Sylvan Carried It. Playing stuff that supports that. Uh, Hordling Outburst is going a little too deep with Xenoghost. Yeah, um, I don't think Hordling Outburst is too deep, actually, buddy. I mean, you can play it. You got but it, it's just the fact that you're going, you're, like, Hordling Outburst is going to Red Red, whereas, you know, you're kind of probably more on the green side. I don't think so. Turn 3 Hordling Outburst, turn 4 Xenoghost, make a dude, turn 5. Uh, up Xenagos, or you don't even need, yeah, up Xenagos, uh, get four mana, play, and then you tap your four lands and you play the Dragon Tempest and descend into dragons, make four, attack for 16, game over. That's game. Sure. But yeah, so, and this is going to sound really weird, because obviously I play John. I hate Red Green. I hate the decks with mana dorks in them. It's just. They're, they're absolutely... Unless that dork is death threat shame. That's not... I mean, uh, that's a black man dork, so it's completely different. It's a planeswalker as well. Al- al- also that. <laughs> so I don't actually have a shell per se in the deck, but it has mana dorks. It has four copies of Dragon Tempest, four copies of Descent of Dragons. Because basically, uh, you're looking at... Needing three creatures in play to win. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That's what? Well, no, that's fifteen damage. No, three creatures is twelve from the dragons and nine from the dragon tempest. No, the only uh, dragon tempest only triggers once per dragon. It's one. Oh, the dragon it just a battle of and you control the next damage star creature player X the number of dragons you control. Basically, benefit. It's it's twenty one slow. How did so I not go, read that right? Oh my god! Tur- if you go turn one Elvish Mystic, turn two Dragon Tempest, turn three, let's make another Mandor. Rattleclaw Mystic. Actually, face sure. down Rattleclaw. Face down Rattleclaw Mystic. Heck, call him Rattle Master if you really want to go deep. And then you just play Descent to Dragons, getting at killing three dudes, and you like if they don't have a way to obviously block or something like that, you just win. Yeah. Like, three dudes is 21 damage with these two cards. Yeah, and also, like, if you have more than three dudes, you can target some of their stuff, make dragons, and then use the the, the Dragon Tempest to kill off their blockers. That you can do as well. I'm very I'm very confused by these cards, because they definitely don't fit into the style of play that I like. But they're really fun. Yet, like, this falls under the category of a fun deck 
and a deck that is basically just a combo deck that just wins. Out of nowhere, yeah. Man, I, th- I think I might be there with you, man. This is scary. Like, just put a bunch of dumb creatures into play and then just win. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're on devotion, so they're trying to hold off to counter, like, the Whisperwood, which, by the way, we're playing as well, because <laughs> being able to destroy your Oh, yeah, that makes a bunch of other dumb creatures. <laughs> like, this is just stupid. Hornet Queen is going in this deck. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Woo! Yeah, you got me sold. Travis, are you loving this yet? I don't know if I'm loving it, but I'm liking it. That's the worst McDonald's ad I've ever heard. (laughs) I'm liking it somewhat. Like, normally... And see, this is what I don't understand. Because had either of you two mentioned these cards, I would have just given you flack for days because they're terrible and they're unplayable. But, yeah... Sometimes, man, you just have to embrace your inner dirtle. That's all there is to it. Yep. You gotta get your dirtle on. But, the, like... Embrace I, I, it? <laughs> I don't even under... Like, it takes three dudes, Travis, and you just win. Do you hear him embracing? I don't I don't think he's embracing enough. <laughs> Fine. You know, you know what I'll do? Uh, this is probably a bold statement that I won't follow through on. I'll write an article for Man of Pride. Stack. Do eat. Oh yes, this is happening. I can't remember what the last deck that I quote unquote brewed was. Oh man, this is great. All right, Travis, your last card. Hook it up. Um. Travis has so many left. I'll make it easy and just say Sarkin. There you go. Okay, is it true that his name is actually incorrect? His name is Sarkhan. No, the fact that he is actually broken and not unbroken. Uh, How's he broken? I'm not sure. I, I think, I, I don't know. I think he's very good. I don't think he's broken. If he was four mana, then he'd be pushing broken. There's something about this card that is just ringing all sorts of warning bells in my head. Like, you're going to play five colors and then just get all the Dragon Lords and win. Which, by the way, if your opponent doesn't have a blocker, or at least doesn't have six toughness worth of blockers uh, in the air, if you get all five Dragon Lords, you instantly win. Uh, I don't that I called his ultimate weeks ago. Did you? Yes. I don't remember. I'm not saying you didn't, I'm just saying I don't remember. Was it win the game because you get five Dragon Lords? Not five elder dragons. Going to search for dragons in your graveyard or library or hand or whatever and put them on the play. Well, you were wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, not quite, but close. I um, I want to play five color walkers now. Uh, I'm pretty sure this guy is five color dragons. Again, just get all five elder dragons and win. Yeah, so I'm aware that's the thing you can do. Because you just one, they all get haste. Two, you steal the best one, but their opponent's best creature. Three, you kill whatever's left with Tarka. Four, Ojutai just kind of sits there. And then five, your opponent can't do anything because of Jeronka. I think you get the other Kologon. Not the one in this set, the one in the other set. What does the other Kologon do? Whenever a dragon you control attacks, creatures you control get plus one, plus O until end of turn. But this Kologon gives everything haste. So you get both? Like, it's not a big deal, dude. I suppose you can do that too. You can get all ten Elder Dragons, just for the theme. Although it's kind of awkward if <laughs> Dragonlord Kologon is in your hand. <laughs> or in your graveyard. Because then you get... No, wait, never mind, shut up. 
Uh, yeah, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to ultimate the guy, though. I'm just quite happy to make dragons and draw cards and add mana. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that plan. That adding mana is so weird. Like, I get that obviously making a dragon is red. Drawing a card is blue. And then adding mana is green. But it's really weird. But if you look at it, though, the abilities all kind of tangentially fit in the other colors of the card. Like, blue and green both draw cards easily. Red can draw cards in certain situations. Putting a, cr a creature under the battlefield, yeah, obviously a dragon is red. A flying 4-4 is blue. Putting creature tokens under the battlefield is green. The card is so beautifully made. I love it. Yes, Travis, we're well aware that you're, you tweeted, Guesting Stark and Alt will search and Graveyard Library put any number of dragons into play. The problem is, it only searches your library. It doesn't hurt search hand and graveyard, so we're not giving you full points for being right. Or any. Also, this isn't weeks ago. This was last week. Calm down with that too. And you're not 31 anymore. <laughs> you need to. You need to slow your roll, Travis. Okay. Oh man. Let me just, Chris. Do you want to play him in modern with um, double season? Oh. I've been looking at that deck recently, actually, because now I set alts as well when you uh, play over doubling season. Mm -hmm. Jace Architect, I thought. Well, that's the whole point behind the deck, right? Is that you just chain Jaces and then get their best threats. At least that's what it originally was. Now, we could make it like a ramp dragon deck, too. I guess, but I mean, what are you ramping? I guess doubling season doubles counters that you put on fil on storage lands, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. What is your last card? Oh, that was your last card, wasn't it? That was the last card. Okay. What's your last card? I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a dirtle. Don't screw this up. Uh, and, uh... One of the decks I've been wanting to try in modern for ages has always been unviable because the key card is just a four of, and if it dies, your entire deck is pretty bad. I am confused as to why Travis didn't talk about this. It was in my list, and it's what I almost picked over Sparkin. But because now we have an eighth version, copies five through eight, we're going to be talking about Assault Formation. So Assault Formation is a green and a colorless for an enchantment. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So that's the, the Doran ability. You can play a green to enable a creature with Defender to attack as though it didn't have Defender. And then for a green and two, this ability will never be used. I mean, all creatures you, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. I doubt anyone's ever going to play that ability. I mean, if you really need to sink mana into stuff, uh, maybe. I just, I just love that we can do this in standard. All right, so turn one, yoke docks. Turn two, battle sheep. Turn three, this attack for nine. Uh huh. That is a legal collection of plays. Sure. It's, it's, uh. Well, okay, we're probably not playing Yoke Dogs. We're almost definitely playing next week's round. Well, for one, you can play Laguna Band Trailer over Yoke Dogs. If we're ever going to target it, yes. No, you just play it over Yoke Dogs. <laughs> always. <laughs> I, I really love the idea that this is a thing. Sylvan Carrier did now beats for three. Yeah, I mean, how awesome is uh, Carrier into um, Corsair when a Corsair can attack for four? Yup. 
And in modern, and I've been I've been trying to not tell people this in the local store because I don't think anyone else has realized it or cares about it. Uh, you can attack under an ensnaring bridge with Zoran out. Yep. Well, uh, like Doran can. Yeah, and so can all of your zero-powered dudes. Yeah, you can do that too. Although, why are you playing zero-powered dudes? Did you see the uh, land or the um, wall deck I was working on last year, Chris? Yes. Yeah, this makes you want to revive it. I mean, wall decks have been a pet of mine ever since Wall of Blossoms was a thing, and I really wish Wall of Blossoms was in standard right now. But. Uh, you can go and Wall of Omens is a thing in modern and Wall of Roots and Axeman Guardian and, and uh, Overgrown Overgrown Battlement yeah oh boy yeah I kind of need to do this <laughs> I, what do you what do you think about this card well like is this something you could see yourself trying for fun? I know you don't actually like fun. Uh, I already participated in Let's Brew Dirtle Deck <laughs> for like the next three years. <laughs> He's going to go to his room and just roll around in a bed full of hell riders just to try to take the stench off of him. <laughs> I, I actually can see Will liking this card for some reason. Assault Formation? Yeah. I, I actually... My most fond memory of uh, Doran is I was playing a PDQ, Modern, in Connecticut. It was round five, so I was 3-1, playing against my opponent who was also 3-1. You were on Jund, right? Uh, that would be correct. He went turn one, Noble Hierarch. Yep. Turn two, Doran. So I was like, okay, this is going to be slightly problematic, if not very problematic. Sure. Uh, he went turn three, Leon and Shikari, Leon and Den Morden. I don't actually know what either of those cards does. Wow. Isn't Leon and Shikari like an equipment creature? Yeah, they're the two of They're both equipment creatures. They're, uh, so Den Warden is the one, sorry, Dengard, my bad. Uh, it's a one three for one in white, as long as it's equipped it gets plus one plus one and has vigilance. And then, uh, was it Chikari? Maybe it wasn't Chikari. Was he playing, like, Slagworm armor? And then, uh, Leon, yeah, it was, Leon and Chikari is, you may activate equip abilities anytime you can cast them instantly. He was playing Slagworm armor. Please tell me he was playing Slagworm armor. Uh, long story short, I drew an abrupt decay the next turn, killed Doran, and then he had no chance in that game. How th- how was he three one? I still don't know. The best was my buddy's reaction, because uh, so my buddy was he was out of the he had dropped from the tournament. And he's walking around, and my opponent so my opponent goes like Doran right, and I'm just going like oh my god I like can't beat this, and then my buddy's passing by, and just goes like oh my god like doesn't actually say anything but just like the eyes going like, and I was like. Oh, good. I'm just screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I had no way to deal with Doran. Only to find out later that he was like, oh, yeah, I did that because I couldn't believe what was in his hand. <laughs> right. Uh, like, I've been playing Doran online for Modern. Yeah. Uh, mainly because it lets you play a, a full set of Splinter or um, Spell Skites without. You're going to say Splinter Zones. Shut up. A full set of Spell Skites in the main. Yeah. 
So having, like you said, the redundancy of uh, the extra ability, definitely, definitely, definitely going to work. Well, it certainly makes it less scary to play a Doran deck. I think even Will would have to agree with that. See, the problem with this is if you go turn two Assault Formation, turn three Doran, then you attack with Doran on turn four, you deal zero damage. What? Yeah, because Assault Formation and Doran cancel each other out. Kids, don't listen to this guy. (laughs) (sighs) Why would you just... Why would you mislead (laughs) our wonderful (laughs) listeners with such horse shit? He is a very evil, evil human being. You're, how are you level two again? Because <laughs> uh, I passed an exam. I'm beginning to question the validity <laughs> of said exam. So those are our picks. Uh, I feel good about these, but then again, I said that after most sets, I think. I mean, I, I, I suppose the if you want to go for shocking for some people, there's no Elder Dragons pick. Only one command pick. The rest of them terrible or not. I don't really know. We didn't say anything with Megamorph except for Shore Crasher. Yeah, and like the Megamorph cycle, the ones that morph are relatively cheap and have an effect, I think they're all good. They're decent. Except for the black one. That one's just terrible. I think the the best one's me- uh, Morph or Megamorph Eternal Witness. Yeah. Even that I don't think she's great. No. Um, I actually have a, a minor, minor complaint, I guess. guess. Uh, can we go, like, more than six months without having thought season duress? Like, what was it really well required to reprint duress? Was that just something that had to be done? I don't think so. I'm not. Um, um, I'll tell you what. If I had to choose between having Thoughtseize in the format and having Duress and Despise at the same time, I'd choose Duress and Despise every single time. Oh, yeah. After they printed Myth, realized they really need something to handle the control decks. I don't think that card gets played in any single control deck ever. You don't think Myth realized does? Nope. Why not? Because it turns on their removal. Yeah, but you get to control when you turn it on. Yeah, I just I don't think it's a control finish. I think mastery of the unseen is just better in that spot. I think you just wait and you wait and wait and grow it and grow it and grow it and then turn it on when it's like a ten ten that you can counter every removal spell they have. Right, but you could do that, or you could play mastery of the unseen and not have to worry about a single chump blocker ruining your win con. I can agree with that for the simple reason that. Well, one, the Chum Blocker, and two, Ugin. That said, however, this card is going to basically just win all the games in Limited. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've seen something like this before, but not that it has put a lore counter on it. Yeah. Like, just three mana, give it plus one, plus one, put a plus one, plus one. And also, I, I remember, I, re- I read about this, somebody wrote about it and said that it's not as good as stuff like Chimeric Idol. Yeah, that was KYT, and I wanted to write something about that, but at the same time, I didn't want to insult him in his article, okay. so I figured I'd not say anything. KYT, buddy, I love you. It's technically still your birthday. You're just wrong. 
you have to pump mana into that every turn to make it any good. This card is just better. Then you have to get stupid good, so. What was it? It was Shimmer Mouse? Wasn't that like tax? Yeah. Shimmer Mouse was tax and then one to activate. Alright, I'm thinking Chimeric. Well, what's the one that you have to pay X each turn to activate? It's it? the idol. Okay. Now, I thought uh, idol was the staff. one that was. Staff. Yeah, stuff. Right, stuff. Uh, Serac was very disappointing for. The, honestly, the best thing about Serac in this. Uh, the set, and uh, we didn't mention it, but uh, it's the flavor text on Epic Confrontation. No matter the timeline, some legends will endure. Yeah, it's a shame his legend didn't. Anyway, like well, actually, Mara, we, we really need for Sorok to uh, ascend and become a planeswalker and just travel the multiverse punching things. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he punches squirrels first. I'll be fine with that. Let him punch Nildrazi right in the face. And that would be... Well, we already have Gideon who's going to do that, so, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Starak's basically a 5-4 for formatted with haste. Uh, it's not always going to have haste, and the intervening if makes it really fragile. That is true. And the other thing that's interesting that they spoiled today is <laughs> two draw X cards. Well, quote-unquote draw X cards. Both of which go in junk. Uh, correct. <laughs> But, I mean, obviously, Communion with Lava is a fair magic card. Who thought giving Black Fireball was a good idea? No, uh, Fireball with more upside. The ability to just fire it off for six, draw yourself four cards. Well, that's it. Like, it, and especially if kind of, like, there's a mono-black devotion or a black-ish deck that, like, comes out right. The, like, worst-case scenario, you're paying five mana, losing three life, drawing three cards. And the next one you fire off is just like, oh, don't you. Yeah, basically. Alright, let's move on to Random Moment of Geekery. Well, go! Bye. Come back to me. I can't find it. Alright, Travis, you're up. <laughs> uh, my Random Moment of Geekery is today we lost a legend. Really? I thought all the legends had been revealed. The great Terry Pratchett passed away today. I actually feel bad that I've never read any of his his books. I feel bad that you've never read any of his books. Well, I know he's he's a little heavier on the comedy than I normally enjoy. You don't wait, wait you don't enjoy comedy? No, I do, but I don't like mixing the streams sometimes. Like David Eddings is as comedy as I want to get in my fantasy writing. You need to read Good Omens. I mean, I'm reading... I'm kind of stalled on uh, The Gentleman Bastards right now. Um, but the first one in that saga, the name of which I can never remember. The Lies of Lock Lamore? Yeah, I'm reading that. and I, it's, in my, it's been in my work bag for ages, but I never have time at work to read it because there's always someone else to do on break and lunch and stuff. But That's where I am right now. Did you say there's always someone else to do on break? Yes, that's exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. I think this is a PG cast. <laughs> well, for, for those who don't know anything about Terry Pratchett, he is a fantastic author. His Discworld series is great. Um, like Chris said, he does write humor, but his humor is great. And like I said, I'm sure it is. It's just he has a very good sense of humor. For me, if I want humor, I'll read comedy. If I want fantasy, I'll read fantasy. And I generally don't want them to mix together too much. 
Well, that, 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 that's obviously a lie. If Chris wants humor and comedy, he comes to see me. Yeah, <laughs> watching you try to play magic's hilarious. <laughs> Says the guy that lost the lost in the mess. <laughs> uh, yep, that happened. Alright, do you have a moment of geekery now, Mr. Toto Qualifier Champion? Oh, sorry. I sorry, do. Sorry. I've never been champion of a Proto Qualifier. I'm aware. Calm down. I don't remember, uh, whatever. I don't remember what the company name is. But uh, I recently upgraded my iPhone 3 to an iPhone 6. And by recently, I mean the beginning of the year. And I never actually got a case for the iPhone 3 in the past. But I figured this time I'd get a case and you could get custom cases for it. So, I don't remember what the company name is. If I remember it, we'll put it in the show notes so you can go check them out. And I was able to get a sweet a Black Lotus case. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you can take any picture you want, oh, okay. upload it, and basically choose the formatting that you want, and then have it printed out. So, to show off my... And normally I don't go all full Magic Geek and show that I actually know what Magic cards are in public, but... Uh, I do love the Black Lotus art. Sorry, enough that it's now on the back of my phone case. I take it it's the original and not the new one from the Cube. No, it's the MTGO one. It is the MTGO one? It is. I don't think we can be friends. Uh, I'm okay with that statement. Yeah, I figured you might be. Yeah, I d- I'm not a fan of that art anywhere near as much. I just, I can't, I can't get my head around changing something iconic like that, you know? I can agree with that to a certain extent. Which is weird, because I'm normally the person saying, I'll get over it, change is good, but in this case, it's like, you know, why mess with perfection? But, uh, that said, however, you know what the, at least, uh, this is obviously a downside, and actually why I probably should probably like the original more than uh, the new one, but uh, the reason that you should like the new art more than the old one is the new art comes in foil. Not in paper it doesn't. <laughs> well, I'm I never going to run a Lotus. Also, I don't like skulls. I just have a thing against skulls. So. Hey, there's one in your head. Uh, Alright, skulls in artwork. Alright, so for my moment of geekery, I, mean, I, I don't even think I have one. I was on a, uh, a podcast before starting this one today, uh, Higher Standards. It was a good laugh. It was good to be on another podcast for a change. I had a good uh, good chat with those people, so check that one out. Coming up soon. Yeah, on Chris, Chris, Chris gets tired of perfection on a regular basis, so. What? Yeah, it's going, it's going How does that even make sense? Well, I'm perfect and awesome, so you get tired of hang out with someone so perfect and awesome so you hang out with someone with other people um Travis is way closer to perfect than you are uh I don't think so I don't I don't think you've actually ever met Travis he's actually dead right now that's why well, I'm talking well, I, I can't believe that Chris just said him perfect no I certainly did not I said you're closer but hey what are you gonna do other than that nothing amazing is happening uh I'm re-watching Buffy and it's really hard to watch one episode of that show. I tried last year to watch it because I mean I watched Angel, but I never watched Buffy, and it's just so dated now. Yeah, the first couple of seasons are a little dated, 
That it's like, said, man, a cell phone would solve 90% of their problems. <laughs> that said, I prefer Angel to Buffy as well. Uh, I'm going to go on the record here. I've never seen either of those shows. Well, you're just a horrible human being. Deserves to die. Uh, again, you say that as though it's supposed to shock people. This is true. Alright, so... On that note, let's wrap this baby up. So, for Will and for Travis, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Lord of No Show. Travis, the land, the location, how to get the best. Now available in the store near you.